podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Another episode of the Nina Casa show. Uh, we are going to be sort of dissecting that pointless derby. Draw, 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 draw. Jeez, Louise. Um, but a point that I'll happily take given the fact that the Reds were pretty much um, third rate today. Lucky to get away with that one. I'm quite happy. We've got bigger fish to fry, specifically on Tuesday. But we are discussing the Merseyside derby. It means a lot still. And I am joined by two incredible guests. There's no callers today, so this should be fun. Um, uh, we'll just, we'll, we'll, God knows where this pod's going to end up. But back to my panelists. First up, I have the host of the Reds Review podcast, host of the Champions League preview podcast. It's Mr. Andy Wales. Good afternoon. Oh, uh, you know what? Um, uh, today's going to be interesting to see what we discuss. I mean, a million miles away from what we saw against Manchester City. But Andy is not on his own. I am, I am joined by, it's been urgent since I've had him actually. It's Guy Drinkle. I want to say he's the co-host of Face Off because he's always fucking there. Uh, host of uh, the, the Champions League uh, post-match show. Guy, welcome to the show. You're right, Nina. And and the other twenty odd shows. Um yeah. You are a you are a little bit flag. <laughs> but you know what, guys? I'm not gonna ask you what you thought of that game because I know exactly what you thought of that game and we'll discuss that later. But I wanna throw something at you, like a bit of like a curveball kind of quick fire, think on the spot kind of thing before we a bit of an icebreaker on the show. How irrelevant was that in terms of derby performances? Like how like to me, it's very forgettable. So I want to know. Like to me, it's about as irrelevant as Tinky Winky from the Teletubbies. It's as irrelevant as the rest of the Pussycat Dolls bar Nicole Scherzinger. So you know what, Andy? I'm going to come to you. Yeah, it's right up there. Absolutely, right up there. It's you got to um, it, something. You can't just say it's right up there. Fucking. <laughs> hell, it was. It was. It was meaningless in the end. It might as well not have been a derby. That's. It didn't feel like one. So it's a point, and that's what it was. It's just a point from a game. That's how it felt. You know what? I fucking went out there and said it was as irrelevant as Tinky Winky, and this guy can't even fucking bring up an analogy. Guy, you better be good. I know you like a cartoon or two. <laughs> Come on. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's as pointless as um, our pre- our Asian trophy winning preseason, isn't it? That's how pointless. Oh, how I- dare you? How dare you? It's still oh. Metro up in fucking Everton. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there is one for you. It's as irrelevant as the Charity Shield. There you go. Nah, but that counts as a treble winning season. No, it you? does not. It's not trophies. <laughs> oh, but no, that, that, that match. I mean, you said it was forgettable. I've literally forgot everything already. So it's good to have me on this pod. So hopefully we don't talk about the actual game that much. <laughs> you know what? I've got a better one. It's as irrelevant as Gags Tandon. Mic drop. He'll get you. He'll get you He'll back get sometime. 
I was actually thinking he's going to jump on there and start. I mean, but he didn't. He's a good. He is a good producer. Right, guys, we're going to discuss the game. There's no callers. It's just us three. So you know what? We kind of, kind of talked about the fact that it was a bit of a fucking dull game. Right. Let's discuss um, position by position. We're going to start with the goalkeeper, Carius. <clears throat> Your thoughts on his performance today? I mean, he produced an absolutely wonderful save in the first half. I thought he, he was alert. He was measured. Um, I thought he had a pretty good game. What did you make of Carius? It just goes to show when a goalkeeper is playing week in, week out, match sharpness and fitness is right up there and he's certainly demonstrating that. And Andy, I'll come to you first. What did you make of his performance? Um, it was flawless today. Mm. I mean, we didn't really need him that much, let's be honest. I mean, there was that save in the first half that I'm not entirely sure it would have gone in. I think it might have hit the post. But I'm glad we didn't have to find out whether it would have gone in or hit the post. Or I just think what I loved about it was the fact that he was watching the player and he was moving off his line. And he did that a lot today. Every time Everton looked ever so slightly threatening, he was across his line, anticipating mm. what might happen. And I like that. That shows alertness. Yeah, I, I think he came out for a couple of crosses. There was one mm. near the end that we really needed him to be commanding. He took that nice safe hands. And his calmness, he's mixing it up between whether he's rolling it out, we're getting the play moving, or he's just slowing it down. Let's just gather ourselves back together. I think he's grown in stature over the past couple of months, uh, as well as confidence. And I think we're now starting to see the goalkeeper that he promised to be at Mainz and, and the talent that um, that convinced Jurgen Klopp and his team to, uh, to recruit him in the first place. So uh, really good performance from him today. Cannot argue with that guy. What about your thoughts on uh, Carius's performance today? Um, yeah, he was pretty much flawless, as Andy said. It's um, that that save in the first half. It was probably one. Well, he's, he's had a few in the last couple of weeks. I mean, West Ham, uh, one I remember most, uh, the best. And today, I, I'm not sure if it was going in, but it looked like it was um, to me. But um, yeah, he was he was bloody excellent. Um, it's not just the shot stopping. I think the claiming for crosses that was probably one of the noted weaknesses when he came to us. I think people, I think Dan Kennett obviously had his data and stuff. Said he was one of the most passive goalkeepers or something like that. Um, but no, today he just looks so comfortable under the ball. I mean, that that tossing um, is not exactly like a tiny striker and stuff like that. So he was he was up against a physical threat in those aerial catching jewels or whatever the hell you call, want to call them but yeah he, he just seemed he just seemed confident and comfortable and that's what we need what that that's what we've needed um from a goalkeeper since Pepe Reina forgot how to be a goalkeeper for us sure thing right okay so we're very happy with the uh, carriers and handled that really well um I'm glad uh we're going to move on to defense now we're going to focus on fullbacks first and then I'll move to uh, the centre-back pairing okay um so as you all know Klein came back uh, we had Clavin, Clavin playing left back, quite interesting. But um, guys, I want to get your thoughts on on the full back situation. I thought we'll start with Klein first. Uh, Guy, I'll come to you. I thought Klein actually had a very decent game considering he's just come back and to play the full ninety plus. Yeah, I mean, first first half especially, he looked a bit more like well, it's hard to say like his old self, but he, he looked um, quite comfortable. He looked like mm. he was um, he was keeping width quite well on that side. I mean, he had a couple of good crosses. I mean, Klein's never been known for his attacking output, as he yes. to be honest. Um, but he did put in a couple of crosses um, in in a very boring game. So it's probably one of the highlights. Um, 
Yeah, he, he looked all right. I mean, he wasn't exactly tested defensively, was he? I mean, I think Balassi's only thing he did was that shot and he came, he came into the centre of the pitch, so it wasn't really much to do with Klein. So, yeah, he wasn't really tested defensively, but he, he looked comfortable, he looked fit, and obviously playing 90 minutes, it, it's kind of what we need in, in an injury-ravaged team, isn't it? And him, him playing right back, or when he's a bit more fit, him playing right back allows Gomez, when he's back, to play centre-back, and it allows Trent to... I'm not sure we'll see him in centre mid, but maybe play him a bit more forward if we need to rotate a bit more. Um, so yeah, it gives it gives us more options him being fit. So yeah, it was nice to see him back. Um, and Clavan on the other side, it was proper Tony Pulis stuff, wasn't it? Ah, <laughs> um, uh, he, he, he looked broken in the second half, bless him, especially at the end. There was one time he tried to overlap Mane, and I was like, "Are you absolutely mental? <laughs> He'll be broken." <laughs> Oh, bless him. So am I thinking it was a weird science experiment we never want to see Clavan play the full 90 at left-back again? Well, I said I said at half-time I wanted Milner to go left-back, which kind of said a lot. Yeah, absolutely. After, after last year. <laughs> I mean, you made some really interesting points there, and I'm going to come to Mandy now. Andy, I want to get your thoughts on Klein, and um, do you think he's back? Do you think it's going to take him a few more weeks to be back in contention to fight for the right back situation position? You you would imagine so. Mm. You know, after missing virtually an entire season, to, and then to come in to play like that as well, he looked pretty fresh. Uh, considering and I, personally, I like Klein. I've always liked him. I, I know he's not everyone's cup of tea. Uh, it seems to be a bit mixed views on him, but personally, I like him. Yeah, I know he had, does have some limitations going forward. I think he's slightly better going forward than he's sometimes given credit for. But I like him. I think he's a well-balanced fullback, and and I think at times this season we have missed him. Certainly, his experience, particularly in the away games. That's you know the Trent's two most difficult games have both been away from home as well. So, you know that there are times where I feel like we've missed him. Um, but yeah, I was impressed with him today. Like you say, especially. When when you put it into context that that's his first start all season, so yeah yeah he perhaps looked a little tired towards the end, but that's understandable. Um, in terms of Clavan, considering the guy's um, not the most mobile of centre backs, and, and he's one hundred and fifty six. Yeah, and he's just he is you know a centre back. You know yeah. they're not not these defenders who can you know duel dual roles he is an out and out centre back I thought he handled it well he tried to offer width like um, like Guy said at times he tried to be an outlet and what I do like with him is his calm in possession he is very very calm mm. receiving the ball even, even under pressure he trusts himself he backs himself to keep it and to use it when people are tight on him and we don't you know we, we do have a few players in the team who, who aren't like that and I'm not going to call them out but we do have a few players when when they've got a players two three yards away charging them down, they'll just hurry themselves and they'll kick it and they may just kick it anywhere. Um, and you know, Clavan doesn't do that. I think he's this season he's shown himself to be a really really useful player for the squad. So yeah, he's done a job for the team today. So we can't ask for any more than that. This is very true, you know, like you said, um, you know, being played out of position, did what he needed to do. I think we all expected that he would get a little tired in the, in the second half, you know, because of the age factor. And obviously, there's a lot more running involved when you are playing a full back. Um, 
so you know all those things considered and you know i think um guy made a really uh, good observation on the pod there as well the fact that he tried overlapping marnie at one point as well so he was really going for it yeah um and, he, and not only that but the fact that he hasn't played since new year's day the, oh gosh you know what i'm so <laughs> glad i have you guys that are good with numbers and good with dates because i cannot remember what happened yesterday so this is why you guys hold me together so yeah that is a long time to be absent so you know what fair play to both of them then absolutely Right, we're going to move on to Lovren and Van Dijk. Uh, again, the same pairing that was against Manchester City. Uh, Andy, I'll come to you first. Centre-back pairing, what did you make on today? I thought they were good, normal, you know. Yeah, I, thought, scared I, thought, me. I thought Lovren scared me a little in the second half yeah. uh, when he kind of lost possession, but minor. Yeah, the they were all right. Uh, they weren't particularly outstanding. I don't think they really had to be because I think the main threats from Everton really were, were from set pieces or, you know, crosses into wide areas. And it was, I don't think it was so much, it wasn't so much about creating clear-cut opportunities. It was a ball being fizzed into the box where mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's almost, it's anybody's, you know, it's a bit of like pinball and, and you know, whatever happens, happens. Uh, and those kind of situations, it's just about getting it clear, keeping your head, getting it clear, hopefully, you know, being in the right position or hopefully the ball falls nicely for us to get get it across. So, yeah, at times things felt favourably for us in that in that sense. But in terms of actual open play, I don't think they were really being stretched or tested mm-hmm. in, so, in, in any real way. I thought they were a little bit erratic at times with some of the passing um a couple of van dyke's back passes to carriers were um, a bit strong uh, putting a little bit too much on it um but yeah and lovering a couple of times as he does i think he gets uh, said loses his head but um goes for something it goes to goes after something he, he can't really get to it and it it does kind of worry me but they they were they were okay today. I don't like yeah. you say. I don't think they were really stretched in open play. the The only area, the only times I felt concerned really was it was set pieces. And like I say, it was that old Allardyce thing of you know it's percentages. You're putting the ball in the mixer. All the cliches you can come up with. It drops in the in the penalty box, and it's a lottery as to where it might fall. So. Yeah, it's not not great, but not poor. Just did okay, did the job. Yeah, um, I, I'd, I'd completely echo that. And I said as much as well, you know, didn't really give me much heart attack. Just did what they needed to do. And sometimes that's a good thing. Guy, your thoughts on the defence? Yeah, I mean, the two centre-backs, as Andy said, they basically did the job to a certain degree. I mean, there was a, the panicky last, last 10 minutes wasn't exactly great. Um, but you were fair play to them to kind of absorb it as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there was probably the one poor moment from Lovren yeah. where Torsen spun him and then yeah. Walcott slipped on his ass. I mean, we have to point that out, but it, well... It's a meaningless game. I'm not going to go over the top of criticism. No. Well, it's not. It's not meaningless. It just feels it because it was the most boring crap I've seen this season. Um, but yeah, it's they, they were all right. I think probably the biggest criticism was on ball stuff. Really, I mean, Van Dyke wasn't at his passing best. Lovren, well, he didn't really touch the ball. I mean. Probably the best moment of the game was Lovren's uh, tactical foul, where he kind of just ran into the middle of midfield to spear someone. Mm. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it was pretty much a, a nothing game for them until like the 80th minute, and then it was kind of 
bit bit of panic stations and just that one moment I could criticise them really and then just a bit of sloppiness on the ball. So yeah, I think think they were fine in pretty much an unchallenged game. Um as I said, couple couple dodgy moments, but I can't really go over the top criticism for him. I mean we kept a clean sheet. Um we'll probably It'll probably be a bigger question um, when we're playing opposition that might actually have a go for more than 10 minutes. Very true, yep. Right, lads, I think that was a good discussion on the goalkeeper and defence. We're going to move on to the midfield now. And Guy, I'm going to stick with you. Um, We actually have a question in. This is from, and Andy, you'll get a chance to answer this one as well. It's from at Kurt McDonald 13 and he his question is thoughts on Ginny playing in the sixth role today and Tuesday night think his distribution was spot on today so Guy I'm going to come to you with that one because I thought he had a very good game you know there's that there's that you know discussion that Ginny doesn't play well away from home and today he did albeit it's a hop skip and jump away but you know what I thought he had a pretty fucking decent game very good actually yeah, yeah, I thought I thought he was good. He was probably one of our probably top three. Um, I'm, I'm not I'm not sure I'd consider for man of the match just yet, but um, yeah, he was pro- he was probably up there in terms of our best player. I mean, um, he seemed comfortable on the ball. He, he he's like he's good at dri- like in the first half. I think he dribbled pa- like he put Rooney on his ass. I think that was it. Um, he dribbled mm. past Rooney a good few times, but I'm not sure how difficult that is nowadays. <laughs> um, but yeah, he, he looked quite comfortable for a, for a. A player who hasn't played that position. I think he played like once last season. So yeah, it was good to see. Um, yeah, I think we do have to caveat. He's probably never going to have an easier game in midfield than that <laughs> because he was in so much space for most of that game. Um, played centre back as well against the was it Bright? Yeah, yeah. Club just kind of uses him as he, and when he, he came to... on at right back as well the other week, didn't he? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, Mr. Utility, Ginny Wijnaldum. But yeah, th- th- this was better. I mean, from our, from our number six, we need to see people, people, um, him on the ball more and stuff like that. And we saw that. Um, I thought it was a, it was a very good idea from Klopp to give him a warm-up game in that position. I mean, I, 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 didn't, I didn't even consider it, to be honest. But yeah, it was a, it was a good plan. Um, it, seemed to, it seemed to work out. The, the only um, thing I think he seemed to not be able to do is is the diagonals. I'm not sure how important they are to our to our build up play today because it had Clavin and Klein on the wings. As I said, they're not the best attacking, and one of them the centre back. So mm. it'll be interesting to see in, in midweek if he if he can pick out those passes to the uh, to the full backs because Henson's not exactly Zabi Alonso in there, but he does seem to have a diag- a, a pacey diagonal that can stretch mm. play quite quickly. So that that was probably the only thing I saw missing from Ginny's game today. But he seemed he seemed all right. He seemed to be able to take the ball under under pressure when when the limited chances were for that. Um, he seemed to dribble past, as I said, and just seemed quite comfortable and seemed to get involved more, which is his biggest criticism on uh, on most pods, isn't it? That he, he, he has less touches than the goalkeeper at times. But yeah, yeah, he looked comfortable, and uh, it was it was it was a good warm up for City, I hope. But it will be a much harder game there. Oh gosh, yeah, absolutely. You know, it's a different beast altogether. I mean. Andy, I'm going to come to you, you know, given the fact that it looks like Jeanne will miss, you know, uh, Tuesday's game. So, and the question there is about, do you, do you think he could play that sixth role, um, you know, on Tuesday against Manchester City? I want to get your thoughts on that and just your thoughts on Ginny Wanyaldum and uh, his performance today. Because he does get a lot of stick. Yeah, he does. And at times it's warranted. Yep. Other times I don't think it necessarily is. I think when you look at what he offers the team and, and his profile that... 
the types of games that he, he excels in, the types of opponents he excels against. I think I think personally, next year he would be a really good foil for Naby Keda against certain profile of opposition. Not every game, but certain games, certain opponents, he would be a really good foil for Naby Keda, who likes to drive, carry the ball and dribble, and Vinaldum likes to drop into those pockets of space. And in, in hectic, you know, games where there's a lot of movement going on, and he'll play the one-two. He'll be there, the give and go. Uh, for me, he's a good player. At times underrated, perhaps sometimes overrated. But I, I think it was uh, it was Leroy uh, Anfield Index's own Leroy Ma who, who who's actually said before. You know, Van Alden's played that uh, deeper position in midfield in the Eredivisie, so he has played there. He does know it. We've obviously not really sort of seen that from him. But I think what he showed today was um, a positional awareness that he knows what to do, where to be. And I think, like I mentioned with Clavan, where he backs himself receiving the ball under pressure, he's confident in possession, quite happy to receive it and have it with someone around him. And and I think he demonstrated that today as well. When he had people around him, no no sort of panic, no, no worriness. He was just calm, cool, collected, get it and recycle it but he would also do it quite quickly like one touch you know take a touch pass the ball or one touch pass in moving it along there was a couple of players who were wanting to have two three touches uh, and that extra two maybe two three seconds before that they're moving the ball along that you're not always afforded so and certainly against City you know that they're going to be energetic they're going to be up and at it against us so they're going to look to press us. So we're not going to have the opportunity to take all the time in the world that we want. And it, we and I feel that we'll need to use the ball well, much better than we did late in the second half against City, where we were just kind of knocking it anywhere for safety to see the game out. I think we will have to protect the ball better, use it better, more wisely. And I think today's performance from Van Alden, I thought he was very good. Uh, and I think he showed that he does have the capability to play there and hopefully he can replicate that sort of calmness and those qualities on Tuesday night because, yeah, it is going to be a different type of game. But And, and the guy mentioned about, you know, the diagonal balls. and you know, Perhaps Van Alden doesn't have that in him, but I think what we'll have alongside him is going to be Ox and Milner who will like to, who like to get the ball and drive. Uh, and, and I've been... a a critic of of Milner, but I think in recent weeks he's been been playing very very well. And one thing I can say about him certainly today is when he gets the ball, he's always looking to be on the front foot to be positive mm-hmm. to get something going in the attacking sense. So I think Van Alden doesn't necessarily have to be picking them direct balls into our front players on Tuesday. We can be using the using uh, Ox and Milner to drive into that space and then start their counter attacks. Hopefully, and and you know. We can talk about all that later, but I I do think he he played really well today, and credit to him. I think it was um, a very mature performance. You know what? I have a structure on this pod, and you just jumped to Milner. I was going to cue Milner in, but guy, I'm going to come to you on Milner because I thought he really thrived today. Um, he had a very very good game. Can't really fault him. He showed up for everything. He tried, yeah. like Andy said, he was attack minded. He, you know, it was a derby. It was almost like he knew that it was a derby, and I've got a tussle in that midfield. And you know, he had that um that gorgeous chance as well in the first half. You know, I I felt like Milner 
I mean, he was he was really good against Manchester's um, against Manchester City as well. Um, but for me, he's having pretty decent games in the midfield, and I thought Klopp was absolutely spot on to sort of play him because I think he is going to play on Tuesday as well, given the injuries. But it was great from Klopp to rest him when he did as well. Not didn't hook him because he was bad. Took him off because I need to rest you because I'll be needing you on Tuesday. Yeah, it's weird considering my well. I'm going to have to say hatred of him last season at left back. I mean, he was one of the most frustrating players for me last year. He he was known as the attack killer and stuff like that with the the cutting crosses. But this season, I mean, him playing in a midfield three. I mean, we saw him in the in a two in Klopp's first year, didn't we, with Emery Chan? And it was it was kind of it was it wasn't great. But since since he's played in the midfield three, he's been probably one of our key players um this season um, especially since Phil left um so yeah he's since January he's really stepped up stepped up his performances and stuff like that and he's he's been pretty much excellent whether it's whether it's helping the foot uh, the left back he doesn't he doesn't tend to go over the right hand side of the pitch anymore does he um whether it's helping the left back but he seems to be the real um, link between midfield and attack doesn't he I mean Ox does it at times I mean Chan has a has a range of passing, and when he when he's not playing the six, he can do it as well. But Milner just seems to be that steady, that steady body in there who never really dips between uh, dips below a six out of ten. Now, so he, yeah, he, he's really he's been really impressive since January for me. Um, and today he was probably again same as Ginny, probably top three players for me. Um, he, he seemed to be the one in the team actually trying to do something. I think Mane was trying stuff as well, but Milner was actually getting in some space, pulling some stuff off. So yeah, Mil- Milner was probably our best attacking threat today. Um, yeah, right, rightfully so. Yeah, he he had to come off because we literally have three midfielders, don't we? Um, so yeah, he he's, he's much needed on Tuesday. So yeah, he'll be a very important part of the team. Um, but yeah, happy days of Milner. I mean, he's still very expensive with his his big ass wage, but he's he's showing what we we should have been using him as as a all along a midfielder free kind of like a a utility player. But at at the moment with our options, he's very much key. He is, and Andy, I'm going to come to you. I mean, I know you briefly touched on Milner there. Do you want to have your last word on him before we move on to Henderson? Yeah, I think the real turning point for him was setting up a Twitter account. Um, <laughs> His social media game is yeah. fucking strong, people. I, I might um, actually unfollow Boring James Milner and follow the real thing. Well, he has, you know, for for a while, Boring James Milner was a thing and people laughed and got into that whole character. You know what? Fair play to James Milner for being able to, you know, not be so precious and be able to have a laugh at himself, you know, to embrace that caricature that was created and actually take it on and do it himself. I'd, you know what? Nothing but applause to him for doing that. That is, that's fantastic. What I would say is I think if his passing and his tackling weren't quite so erratic and he was a bit more positionally um, stable, mm-hmm. he could be a really good player. He could be, but at the moment he's, he's, offering us something he's playing really really well and full credit to him right now yeah he's 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 almost turning me <laughs> turning me onto the positive side with him because um I, i'm starting to wonder blimey you know do should we have a place for him next season uh, mm. and i and i never imagined myself thinking that because yeah like guy 
him at left back last season, it was okay for a couple of months, but yeah, it became it came um, tiresome. <laughs> it really became very difficult in the second half of the season. But he has been a really important player in recent weeks, uh, and full credit to him. He's been putting on performances, and like you said, he's been standing up as well, standing up to be counted. So yeah, I, I, nothing but credit for the guy. No, absolutely. And, you know, the point that you made about, you know, you just wish that he was a bit more measured and stuff. I feel like some of our midfielders are far too passive. So I kind of like the fact that he is a bit rash. And he's mm. rash, not in that dangerous areas. I know sometimes he has given away, like, stupid free kicks in stupid areas. But that was Lucas week in, week out. As for, I do think he's a bit more tactically aware of where I need to be a bit rash and a bit, you know... Bit of a, a twat as well, isn't he? Yeah, exactly. And the one thing I love about him, and this is something that I love about him and Emery Jan, is good game or bad game, you notice it. They do not go missing. So we're going to speak about the third midfielder on the pitch. For me, who was probably, I don't want to sound harsh, but I thought he probably had the most uninspiring kind of game in midfield. I'm going to speak about Jordan Henderson. Andy, I'm going to come to you. He had a chance today, uh, you know, to really be counted. And I think Milner did more of that in the attacking sense. But today was a, a, a day for him to kind of, it was a bit of a mere performance. He wasn't bad, but like he could have really stood up and been counted and really shown his, um, his, you know, his attacking flair. And yeah, I don't think he did that today. No, I, I think that's absolutely fair. And look, I, I've long defended Jordan Henderson. I've I've long supported him. I, he's a player I like. Um, always thought, he, yeah, definitely he is a box-to-box midfielder. That is his game. He's not a number six. He's trying and trying to transition into that role. Mm-hmm. And I do think he's had some very good games there. He's had some extremely poor games there. I think he's very good against Manchester City. So yeah, please, people, don't think was. I'm bashing him. I thought he had a fucking decent game against Manchester City. Yeah. But today, yeah, I won't feel him. No, you're right. Yeah, against City in, the, in midweek, he was. He was good. He put in a really good performance. He's put in a few really good performances this season. But unfortunately, they've been few and far between. And I don't think it's his fault in terms that he's not suited. His natural game is not suited to that role he's been asked to play. But I think he's been asked to play that that role and, and transition and change into that role because the effect that injuries have had on his body, unfortunately. And it's a real shame because I think what he was offering the team, and not individually yet, yeah, he's not a world beater. He never was going to be, he never was, he never would be. Mm. You know, not individually, but what he offered the team, you know, he's quite selfless. The runs he would make, the the, the, the amount of tireless work, you know, I think sometimes his passing was kind of underrated as well in some dangerous areas as well. You know, you think that running on 13-14 season, he, he, was, he was excellent. Unfortunately, I and it's 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 sad to say that you know that the injuries have really taken the toll, uh, and he's not. I just don't feel he's quite the player he was, and that's for me that's a shame, because he comes across as a pretty decent guy as well. So, yeah, uh, today was an opportunity to perhaps to uh, to show what he can what he can do in that box to box role. Still, you know, to show that he's still got that that he can still make them run, still get him behind, still find them little passes um, when people are breaking the lines. But yeah, it, it was. I think uninspiring is the word. It was um, a, again his passing was quite sort of erratic at times. You know, he, he looking he does look for the little diagonal balls. He does look to open it up at times. But yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't like, like you said, it wasn't a bad performance, 
but it, it certainly wasn't uh, a performance you could hang your hat on at all. It was, it, 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 yeah, a pretty mere performance in all honesty. I think I think that's a good um, analogy there. Guy, I'm going to come to you. I mean, Andy really made some interesting points there. The fact that, you know, he's kind of spoke about um, Henderson being, you know, a team player, sort of, you know, works as a unit. You see him as a unit. He's not going to provide those, you know, those one-off um magical moments like we've had midfielders do in the past. I'd say you like Steven Gerrard or Felipe Coutinho, those kind of midfielders. He's not that kind of midfielder. We know that. We accept that. But today he, I want to get your thoughts on him because, you know, like I keep saying, against Manchester City, I thought he had a very good game and I, I can't really fault him on that. You know, especially against that team and that midfield, he stood up. But today for me, it just wasn't quite there. Yeah, and I don't think it was the. It was obviously not the best performance, but I think I think we can caveat to a certain degree. Um, he he normally never plays three games in a week, does he? I mean, Klopp. That's um, also very norm- Yeah, he, he normally protects Henderson, but at, at the moment with the squad as it is, I mean, we'd be literally talking about I don't know Herbie Kane or uh, someone else coming in if we if we had to drop Henderson. So, well, Curtis Jones was on the bench, obviously. So, yeah, it, it, we'd be we'd be dropping our captain for probably like an eighteen-year-old uh, at the moment. So, I, I, I think it's needs must. So, I think we have to put a little little asterisk asterisk next to it. But um, can I yeah. just throw something yep. else at you, to, to both of you, actually? Do you think, you know, I'm playing devil's advocate here, you know, hindsight's mm-hmm. a wonderful thing. Do you guys think maybe he didn't look so great in, in the attacking sense because of um the the attack, which we'll discuss later, but do you think that factors into it? So maybe if there was like the likes of Morsala, Firmino and, and Mane playing to begin with, some of it might have come off a bit better? Oh yeah, you know, well, just just in general, so, like it would have helped everyone, wouldn't it? I mean, mm. we'll obviously talk about the attack in more detail, but, but yeah, two two out of the three weren't exactly great, were they? Yeah, I, I think that yeah, that's a fair point actually, and 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 perhaps I'm being a little harsh on him. No, no, I don't, I don't, think, I don't think, well. think it's harsh. I don't think it's harsh. It's just an observation from you know the game. Those are the players that you're working with. But I, I do think that maybe it was like a new setup, and that might have thrown him as well. Yeah, like you say, you know, the 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 difference in quality of movement between our normal front three and uh, and Ings and Solanke coming into the team, yeah, there, there is there is a big drop off in in that quality. So it's I guess it is understandable that it's not going to be quite. Uh, as easy to to shine and find some of them insightful passes that you're looking for if if the movement isn't quite there. I hear you. Okay, we're going to move on to Liverpool's hot fire attack consisting of Dom Dom Solanke, Tyrion Lannister, Ings, and Sadio Mane. And Andy, I'm going to come to you. I mean, it was completely the right call from uh, Jurgen Klopp to you know start Danny Ings and Dom Solanke. And of course, he had to claim Mane there as well. Um, but your thoughts on the attack? For me, you know what? They weren't great. And I kind of knew they weren't going to be great, but it was important for them to play. And it was just one of them things where I'm not too mad at them. I thought Dom Slanky could have done better on that chance against Pickford in, in the first half. Yeah, I, I think that's absolutely fair. Um, and the same, yeah. I absolutely don't blame him picking them. Um, I think it was the right call. Um, I, I, you know, 
Manny did have his little moments. It was... First off, he looked very bright, I thought. Yeah, that was it. I, I guess I was looking for him to really sort of take the initiative as to, mm. you know, you're the senior guy in this attack. This is perhaps your opportunity to be a little bit more selfish because I think in recent weeks he's been a lot more selfless and he's been playing a slightly different role. He's been a lot more in the creative role, you know, re- making the chances and things happening for, for Firmino and, and for Salah. So it, perhaps today was a bit of an opportunity for him to showcase himself and get on and drive. And I, I did want to see him, you know, receive the ball cut inside and, and rifle them shots that he can do. And there was one that he banged that, that was saved. Um, but that was it. Yeah, there, there wasn't too much. But I, I don't think we really sort of brought him into it as much as we could have done. But like, like you say, yeah, he was quite bright first half. For the other two, I thought Ings looked, very very rusty um yeah. i mean I, I suggested you know if you believe in omens the last time danny ing started a game was against everton at goodison park and he scored so i was thinking hey you know football has a way of uh, of doing these things that today he he could well score a goal but unfortunately he, he just didn't look anywhere near it you know he he had a cameo performance a couple of weeks ago when he looked really bright and lively it's what and, wasn't it yeah, and I and I thought I just well actually I wondered you know could he come back to the player that he was because I know he's been much maligned and people don't rate him but I, you know I thought he was a really good squad signing when we when we got him he you know hard he used to work hard before his injury exactly he yes blaster. I think at Burnley what what you saw from him he worked incredibly hard showed good pace. Um, his movement was pretty good. His technique was was decent, and his finishing was was decent. <clears throat> I thought he was young. There was room for for uh, improvement there, uh, and and he could be a useful player for us. You know, he's had two massive, massive injuries, and yeah, you know, you wouldn't think that he's been playing with the under twenty threes quite a lot this season. So he's got game time under his belt. Uh, he just looks so, so rusty. His touch, his movement, his anticip- anticipation, it just didn't look look right at all. And and I'm afraid to say that, you know, it, at best he can hope for a loan spell. And I think other than that, realistically, he probably just needs to move on. As for Dominic Solanke, I think he does need a loan spell. I think he just needs that experience. I think the mm. quality is there. Without a doubt, there's quality, there's talent there, the movement, the raw, the raw ingredients are there. What he doesn't yet have is enough the experience. The killer instinct of a striker, in my opinion, as well. well. Yeah, arguably, I think what what it probably perhaps comes from is a bit more experience playing at the top level. Yes. But particularly for me, is there's a, a certain level of confidence and self belief that will come in once he starts to score some goals because the talent is there. The raw. All, you know, all the raw attributes are there. He's got the mm. pace, the size, you know, the touch. He, he's got so much about him. He just needs he, he needs that belief that that really sort of takes players to the next the next stage, the next level. And and I don't think he's going to get that from fleeting performances from us. I think he really does need a year on loan at the right club, getting going to play him regular in the right type of football, get some goals, get some belief going, and let's see again. He may well then have a part to play in the future. So, but yeah, it's a shame that didn't go in for him today. I think it's just, it's almost like it's meant to be that he's never going to score this season. 
Bless him, I know. And you know what? That is a really good point that you made then. Guy, I'm going to come to you. I think Andy's sort of hit the nail on the head there. You know, the the longer he goes without a goal, the more and more pressure he kind of builds up for himself. And, you know, it, it becomes much, much tougher for him. And uh, I want to get your thoughts on the front three. Yeah, um, I think Solanke's definitely cursed this season. <laughs> I think he keeps missing what seemingly are look like easy chances and he seems to in my opinion that goal against West Brom stood I don't get <laughs> I'm kind that as one. Oh god he's it's just it's he's just cursed isn't he he keeps missing these chances and it's it's getting at the stage where he's he's looking like the most desperate player for a lord isn't he um I, I imagine it would be at a championship level because zero goals a season I'm not probably Tiny minutes um, for a player, but yeah, I think he, I think he needs a similar situation to Gruwich, where he's been. He probably just needs minutes, a consistent run, and you've seen the impact it's had on Gruwich, where I mean Cardiff are unbeaten with him in the team and stuff like that. So hopefully he can drop down a level and do that, and, and then reassess in the uh, in the following season. But yeah, he, he need he needs consistent minutes, and he needs to rebuild his confidence somehow. And I think he needs to find his position as well. I think they were talking before the game in Sky um, that he used to kind of play as a number ten at times for England under twenties or something like that. Um, so I think he needs to find a position and work on it because, as uh, as Andy said, he just seemingly doesn't have that killer instinct. So he might be one of these players who, who drops a bit deep, but we are we're so stacked behind the striker in it with Salamana, but everyone else, and I imagine we'll be bringing in people um, in the summer as well. So yeah, it, it, it's a weird one for Zlanky, but he, he desperately needs a loan. Um, Ings, he was playing out of position, but he just looked as as Andy said again, he looked he looks so rusty. And um, he just again he probably needs to go for, on permanent basis for the better for the benefit of his career as well. But he he you just looked that spell that we had in the first half, that like twenty minutes where we were just mm. their goal. You just thought, yeah, yeah it's not going to happen for any of you lads. Yeah, and I know well, it sounds the, bad. I'm not I'm not discrediting them, but I just thought, nah. Yeah, there was there was a there was a moment in the first half I think where Mane dragged I think it was two defenders away from Ings mm. and Solanke was running through on goal and then he passed to, he passed to Mane who was Matt when Solanke was running through on goal and I was like that's just the difference between him and Firmino isn't it I know mm. it, it, it you can caveat as much as you want but there's such a big ability gap there and that, that's course. why we, we need to we need to plug we need to fix that gap i mean even if you look at last season storage obviously injury problems and stuff like that but even like origi there's a gap there um between ings and solanke to origi i know origi's been pretty terrible for wolfsburg himself but there's a gap there as well so we, we definitely need to fix um the depth in that position in the summer but yeah there's just ings just He's a trier and all that, but the two injuries, a lack of confidence that like he's probably never, never going to regain. Um, whilst play, well, probably, what probably played like three sub appearances this season for us, something mm. like that. He's never, he's never going to get that here again. Yeah. So I think he needs to move on. But yeah, there's just, there's just too big a gap in that. And then Mane he just. He just looked like the good player at school, didn't he, where he's trying to do everything himself. <laughs> so, yeah, I can't really mention anything on Mane. I mean, he tried to do a couple of things, but nothing was coming off. So, just a frustrating day for him, I imagine. But the other two, I think you just see you see the drop in quality that people have been worried about all season, haven't you? And um, I think it highlighted their bad points rather than their good points. I think the best thing for Rings today was that he almost had a scrap with Coleman, didn't he? <laughs> 
that was probably <laughs> that was the most exciting part of the game. The mental part of the game, right there, fisticuffs. Yeah, no, I, I think I think you're both absolutely spot on with the attack, and I think you're definitely spot on to say that there is a massive gulf between the front three that normally play to you know the the guys that are waiting on the bench. They're not really causing um you know they they don't make um, you know the likes of Firmino and uh, Salah you know quiver in their boots because they don't and they won't. So I I think you're spot on, guys. Uh, we have another question. So at Liverpool all day. Names Isaac wants to know, was that a Premier League game or someone's testimonial? And if it's someone's testimonial, whose testimonial was it? Andy, I'll come to you. Oh, Big thanks. <laughs> oh, crikey. <laughs> whose testimonial was that? Um, Allardyce's testimonial. It was a perfect game from him. Nil-nil. <laughs> <laughs> and he was able to hang his hat on that performance, that 20 minutes that they had at the end, you know, where they, they almost yeah. created a few chances where they, with the percentages balls, it was, it was, um, yeah, it was an Allardyce meat pie game. Allardyce meat pie game. Right, Guy, can you top that? I'm going to have to go Rooney because he just went in a proper strop when he got subbed, didn't he? Bullshit. Bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. It's got to be Rooney's retirement party. That's the one. Um, he, even with our uh, take the mix side, he was still bullied off the park. So, yeah. I'll go Rooney. He, he could have his testimonial. Good shouts there, lad. Good shouts. Okay, um, I think we've kind of discussed this game at length. Um, I just want to get... Um, have you got any final thoughts on this game before we move to the man of the match? Um, just really, I, I suppose... What did you make of the ref? I thought the ref was um, <laughs> generous to the home team. I, I'd yeah. say that. I'd say... Um, any 50-50 and not, it didn't even have to be 50-50. Probably 40-60 decisions were going their way. Um, was it Balassi that should have maybe got sent off? Oh, well, see, I don't know. I'm not sure he really meant that. He did, there was this, he stood on Ing's leg, but I'm not sure he actually meant it. I think his foot came down. He wasn't looking. I, I'm not convinced he really meant that. If he did, then he is like Bush gets levels of snide. So, you know that that's. I'm not sure he come. He, he really meant that. The the one that really got me was the Rooney tackle. How the hell mm. he didn't get booked for that challenge? Yeah. I will never ever know. English player, sorry, media matters. Protected Paul species. Tompkins. Paul Tompkins has over my eyes, and uh, Dan Rhodes. That's <laughs> it. I watch everything like a hawk now. And uh, what about you, guy? Your thoughts on anything that you need to get off your chest before we move to man of the match? I'm just glad it. It, it finished. <laughs> That's basically <laughs> it. Danny <laughs> Caston walking away with a point after that. Uh, uh, I thought we were both slightly jammy in the sense that really uh, it, it it deserved the nil nil. I don't I don't care. I don't care how good either save was. That game was nil nil just because it was that boring. Yeah. <laughs> I've was... got I've got to, sorry. I've got to say, Dean, as well. You know, I, I've been watching derby games for. Longer than I'd like to remember. And I mean, I, I remember back to like the 86 FA Cup final, the 89 FA Cup final, and there's been so many, you know, you think through the, the 90s and the 2000s, how competitive and how fierce they were and how, yeah. you know, that it was celebrated how many red cards there were in Merseyside mm. Derbies. They were so charged up. They were so, 
you saw more. It's what the Manchester Derby is now, it's, basically, isn't it? Well, no, I, it just oh, to be honest, that was the most un-derby-like derby that I've ever ever seen. Yeah. It really was that I, you would never have known that that was a Merseyside derby compared to even the ones earlier this season. There was just, it, it, yeah, I think the the only people that were really into it were the Everton fans. It, well, remember, remember a couple of years ago when Sacco wanted to fight Lukaku? That was yes. that was that was awesome. There's none of that <laughs> shit there. <laughs> yeah, we've was that the day Brendan got sacked? Oh, it might have been, or was it the year before? No, I, I, think think been four, I think it might have been 14, 15. No, you know what? Let's bet on this because I think Brendan yeah. sacked that day. I hope so. <laughs> oh, you bitch. <laughs> We're going to move on to Man of the Match. So, guys, um, who's your shout for Man of the Match? Guy, you said you had three calls shouts. So, who are you going to give it to? Um, the three for me would have been um, between Ginny Milner and Carrius, and because I don't think I've ever given it to a goalkeeper, which speaks volumes, um, <laughs> uh, I'll give it to Carrius because the biggest moment of the game for us, and he just looked comfortable um, with his claims and stuff, which seemed to be their one route of attack. So, yeah, I'll go Carrius because, well, he, he saved us a goal. <laughs> and plus, you think he's beautiful. There's that uh, as well. I don't need to say that. Just look at the bastard. <laughs> <laughs> Right, Andy, yourself, go on, who are you going for? Um, I'm actually going to, for for a rare one, I'm going to agree with Sky. I, I'm going for Junior yeah. Van Alden. I thought he was very impressive. I mean, his stats today are something like 83 passes, 94% uh, pass completion rate, at, at, you know. And it wasn't all cowardly, you know, easy back passes or anything like that, whether it was unopposed. Um, they were padded I, out stats, were no, they? No, no, they're not. Yeah. That's it, they're not. No, I, I thought he... It uh, reflects a really calm and, and measured performance. So uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna say Vinalden with honourable mentions to uh, to Milner and Carriers. Yeah, I'm actually with you there as well, uh, Andy. I was going to give it to Ginny as well because I think he's had so much stick. I mean, I I think I have given it to Carriers. I'm not sure, but you know, Carriers he's he's proving that he is what he's capable of and I see that but I think Ginny's had a fair bit of stick and I thought he's playing um, a deeper six role and I thought he did really well today and uh, for all the for all the reasons that you highlighted that it wasn't cowardly stuff today so yep Ginny when Alden's mind I think Milner and Carries are both great shouts I thought all three of those were very very good today I thought Klein had a decent game as well you know given the fact that he's been out for so long you know I would have even just put him in the in the mix purely because You've been out for that long and you actually had a pretty decent game. So, yep, um, uh, I'd, I'd give it to Ginny as well. Listeners, let us know who's your man of the match. Tweet us. We'd love to hear your feedback, your thoughts on that. Guys, we have come to the end of the show, but before I let you go, there was a reason why this game was so bad and why it was so poor, because it's sandwiched between, you know, some crucial games. And there's a crucial one coming up on Tuesday. And I need to know, you know, given the fact that, you know, we do have a bit of an injury crisis in the midfield, Yada yada yada. I want to know who would be your starting eleven. What does Klopp do? Uh, Guy, I'll come to you first. How do we line up? Um, Carrius and goal because he's good. Um, Trent, the two centre backs that are fit. Oh no, Clavin's back now. Yeah, I'll still go. I'll still go Lovren and Van Dijk. Um, the left back situation's weird because they're both injured. Uh, so that may be a bit of a panic. Um. So I, I I think Robertson's meant to be fit for Tuesday, so I'd probably go him. But whoever's fitter out of the two, because it, it's so hard to know. Um, midfield, it pretty much picks itself, doesn't it? Ginny, Ox, Milner, and then the front three. But if Salah's not fit, 
Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, if Salah's not fit... Do we move Ox up front? Oh, God, no, we need him in midfield. Um, mm. Pick a kid. Do? Pick a kid. Not not Solange. Put Rafa or Camacho there, I don't care. <laughs> what if, what if, um, uh, what if, right, I'm hoping more Salah's fit, right? Let's yeah. just get that out of the way. What if we moved Ox into his position and played Trent Alexander-Arnold in midfield and then put um, uh, Klein at right back? Mm, that probably make the most too sense. Much, too much tinkering or...? No, I mean, well, it's going to be a tinkered side anyway, isn't it? Is, I know. <laughs> yeah. this, even I'll fucking make the first <laughs> 11. Yeah. But yeah, yeah I, th- I think that I think that'd probably make sense. I mean, you could even put Trent into the in a winger position if, if Klopp doesn't trust him as centre mid. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's a shout in itself. And Andy, what about yourself? We're going to assume Marcelo's fit. Please don't give me more panic attacks. Marcelo's going to be fit. <laughs> yeah, that's a, it's the big thing, isn't it? That that has that has influenced today's game without a shadow of a doubt. You know, mm. in between because of the the performance and the result on Wednesday night, and then Tuesday night coming up so quickly on the back of it. Obviously, that had to impact upon today. So that's why we got what we got today. Let's not, you know, make no bones about it. Um, so I'm going to assume that Salah is going to be fit. I'm going to assume that Robertson will be fit, and I'll say it will. And I'm going to also going to assume that Chan is not going to be fit. So it will simply be Vinaldum coming in for Henderson, and otherwise it's the same team that played at home. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Right, guys. Um. Uh, again, uh, give us your starting eleven for um a City game. We'd love to hear that. I think we've all got some very different ideas there. It should be interesting to see how Klopp uh puts out his team. Uh, everyone just touch some wood and pray Marcella is fit because that's what that's what we need. So you know, absolutely, guys. Thank you so much. That is the end of this Nina Kaza show. Thank you to the two questions that were put forward to us. Clearly, no one gives a shit about this game. They want to forget it as quick as possible. It was pretty dull and inspiring, but I think we did a pretty decent job at kind of discussing our team and our players. Uh, guys, before I let you go, and a massive thank you for coming on. I know it's not great, but do you have anything to plug? I know you've both been super busy. So, Guy, I'll come to you first. Um, I imagine I'll be doing the post-match for the second leg as well, so that'll probably be it, and um, it'll probably a core plug from us, we'll be doing the PWI stuff as well, um, I imagine this week, because big weekend for us, um, so yeah, check, check it out, we'll, we'll be about, but I think football-wise I'll, de- I'll probably be doing the post-match again. Not on face-offs? Um... I'll wait till Kay message me. I don't want. I don't want to pressure him. <laughs> We're pressuring him, right, Kay? You know what? Make the call. <laughs> no, look forward to that. I really, really enjoyed your post match. It's it's great. I I love what you do there. So guys, do check out Guy. He did. He covered a three 0 against uh, Manchester City. So do check that out. Do listen to that. Get the buzz going. You know that was a proper game with some goals. And listen to you know hopefully what will be him very happy because we have progressed to semi finals. Fingers fucking crossed. And Andy, what about yourself? I know you've been a busy dude as well, so let the listeners know what you've been up to. Yeah, like I said, you know, for us from the wrestling fraternity, uh, it's huge. It's the biggest uh, weekend of the year. It's WrestleMania. So, yeah, we'll be doing uh, all that kind of stuff 
over the next week. Um, if you're a fan, you'll like all of that. Uh, Football-wise, I've got uh, Reds Review out at the mm. moment, re- reviewing all of March, uh, talking uh, all sorts of bits and pieces. Mo Salah, Emre Can, um, goals, contracts, April, um, sandpaper in pockets, because I had Alex <laughs> Barilaro on from down under as I my think guest. I that, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, uh, check it out. It's a lot of fun. Alex is is um, is a good sport, and uh, and he was really good on there. So do check that out. And obviously, yeah, you mentioned the Champions League preview. Yeah, the small matter of the second leg of the quarterfinals of the Champions League away to Manchester City with the 3-0 lead. <sighs> Look ahead to that game, mate. I've got... Harinder Singh and Mo Chatterer on to talk that one. So, yeah, please do check it out. That'll be uh, available all the way up to the tie. So look ahead to the game, listen to that pod, um, and enjoy yourself. Absolutely, and do check that pod out, guys. I think it should be out after this or maybe Sunday morning, so keep your eyes open for that. Check out these guys' work. They work so hard, incredible stuff. For my part, I have been super busy. Uh but most of my work so far um, this week has been on AI Pro. So, guys, you know what you need to do. Uh, you need to head on over there, www.anfieldindex.com forward slash join. It's four ninety nine a month, $49.99 annually. There is a seven-day free trial. We have some amazing shows. We've got the post-match role. We've got Mulby. We've got Tactics, Media Matters with Paul Tompkins discussing the, the, the referee situation and the bias that they have with Dan Rhodes as well and myself. I also did a Euro incision with the incredible... Uh, Graham Hunter, which was such a good listen. We discussed Jurgen Klopp, we discussed Man City, Pep Guardiola, Andy Robertson. Do check that out. Of course, under pressure as well. And this week, the content will be no less. There's some fun, there's some phenomenal content coming your way again. Like I said, seven day free trial. Do check it out. You don't want to miss out. Thank you so much for listening to this show. You guys make this show what it is. Wouldn't, wouldn't be here without you, you guys supporting me all the way. So thank you so much. And till next time. Up the Reds. Podcast Network.